Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Between Sundays when we're doing discipleship uh, messages, how many have been getting something out of that so far, out of the discipleship message about be- being a disciple and making a disciple? Um, I-, I just sense and feel so strongly in my spirit that we're living in these times that are, are so uh, strong of influence of the world in, in, in decisions that we're making and, and we're having this influx like never before of, of not only the world having a stand, but we're seeing the church bend. That's the problem. We're seeing the church bend. The world has always had an influence, and the world has always been the world. But the problem is, is the church is not standing up and saying, no, this, we're going to live like the Bible says. We're going to hold the line. We're going to have a standard. We're going to live righteous. We're going to live holy. And, and, and as I've been saying for a while, the church, instead of influencing the world, which is what we're supposed to do, is being influenced by the world. And that's something we've got to fight for, church. We, and, and I believe, listen to this and take this to the bank with you. I believe a move of God is coming. I believe that we're in the last days. And I, it doesn't, you, you put there whatever you want, whether it's a minute or ten years, we know that we are, the time is closing down and, and, and things are accelerating and happening. And there's going to be a mighty move of God. And I believe that in these last days there are people who are hungry for the truth. There are people who, who want to know the truth, and, and, they, and, they, and they desire in their hearts to know the truth. They want to be right. Doesn't everybody want to be right? And I'm not saying right in the sense of I want to be right and everybody else wrong. Just you want to be right because we know there is a right, and it's with God. God's right is right, and everybody else is wrong. The Bible says let God be truth and every man be a liar. And so we are, are, are not changing anything. We're preaching the same way we've been preaching, but I just feel this need so strongly to prepare us as a church for what's coming. And when I say that, I mean the harvest. I believe that a harvest is coming. I believe a, 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 a mighty move of souls is coming. New people, new converts, but we have to make sure that we're ready as a church to, to receive them. We have to make sure that we know what we believe. Remember the, one of the last things that I said uh, on Sunday morning I don't think I said it in the first service, but in the second service was the idea of if somebody came to you and, and was selling protein. I mean, no, protein is something we need in our body, and a lot of people take protein to, for muscle mass and to get stronger. And if somebody came to you and tried to sell you protein, and they were skinny and they had no muscle, how many know you wouldn't want to buy the protein? Because you'd say, how come you don't have muscles? Right? And, and what I see in the church today is I see a, a people kind of trying to push Jesus on people, but their lives don't reflect Jesus. And so they're thinking, well, why do I need Jesus if, if you want me to be like you? I'm already like you. Right? Y'all get what I'm saying? So if we're going to have this product, which is the greatest product in the world, which is salvation and souls and life-changing power, We've got to believe it ourselves, and we've got to know what we believe. And we've got to be disciples. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. 
I want to put, did you put the background up real quick? I want to put that up first. If you don't have it, we'll, do you have it? Huh? I think it's blue, yeah. Yes, that one. Okay, can you all see that? Okay, we're going to see a word godliness here in a moment. Okay, godliness. To be like God. Not to be God, but to be like God. And here's a few things I want to have as a background to look at. Godliness divine. This is, this is something that's, that's really important. The, don't get the cart before the horse. Okay? We have to start backwards or start at the, at the end and come back to the, to the beginning to get things right. Let me give you an example of that. How many have ever been to a game? Any kind of sporting event? How many have ever been to one you've got to pay for? Okay, some major league game or high school game, whatever. You know, Texas Rangers, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Mavericks, whatever, Dallas Stars. If you want to go to the game, you have to have a ticket, right? You, you've got to get, have a ticket to get into the game. They're going to ask for your ticket at the gate. And getting the cart before the horse, like I think a lot of us do as Christians a lot of times, is we, we understand we want to be in the game, we understand we need a ticket, but we sometimes can get so caught up in, all the other things, we forget the most important thing, which is the ticket. Can you imagine if tomorrow or Sunday, let's say Sunday, we were going to go to the Dallas Cowboys game, and we wanted to go see the first game, and we went and bought, we went to Albertsons and bought a shirt, and we went and bought that big finger that you put up to say we're number one, and we bought face paint, and we bought soda, and we bought peanuts, and we bought all the stuff you can buy, and then we got to the gate to go in the game, and we went to, to, we got there, and all of a sudden, shock hit us, and fear hit us, and we went, oh, my goodness, I forgot the ticket. That's, that's what we're doing a lot of times. We, we're doing something that looks like a sports fan. That sports fan has got everything he needs, but if he doesn't have the ticket, he can't get in the game. And there's a lot of church Christians today who have the look, but they don't have the ticket. Okay, And I want to rephrase something from Sunday morning just to, to kind of help understand that. A, a, a person came to me and said, I had a vision as I was, as I was very ill. And they said, I had a, 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 a I, I didn't, he didn't say he left his body or anything like that, but he had a vision. He was very ill. He didn't know if he was going to live or die. And he had this vision that he went to heaven and he saw the big gates of heaven. And, and he got there and the angel said to him, where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? And he didn't know where, to, where the fruit was. He didn't know what that meant. And so the angel said, go and get fruit and you can come back. So you can't get into heaven without the ticket. You, you don't get your ticket just because you're here tonight in a church service. You don't get your ticket just because you have a Bible in your house. You don't get your ticket just because you dress a certain way or because you post on Facebook that you love God. All those things are great, but that's not your ticket. That's getting the cart before the horse. That's, that's what we're going to see here in a second is having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Having a form of godliness. We're gonna, I know it seems like I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to read this in a second, but I want you to understand it when we get there. The most important thing that you can have tonight, if you are a believer, is fear and reverence of a living God. That's number one. If you, have any, if you don't have a reverence for who God is, 
You are getting the cart before the horse. Okay? Reverence and deep respect towards God joined together with obedience to his word. Now, everything I'm saying here, I've been going over the last couple weeks. Scripturally, okay? I'm going to get into Scripture here in a second. If we truly love and revere God, what are we going to do? He said, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. Obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. Another way to think about this is, going back to the sports thing, is if you, if you love your team, if you love that game, if you want to be there, pay the ticket. Don't try to sneak in. Pay the ticket. Do, do what's asked. Be obedient. How many know people try to sneak into games? Right? You can sneak. You can get in there, but it, you're getting in there the wrong way. Do, do what's right. Okay? And last, our obedience to God is evidence that we reverent, revere him. A lot of people say, I, I love God, but their lives don't prove it. Their lives don't line up with what they're saying. Okay? So now, now that you've seen that, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And as we read this, I want you to look at and think about the world that we're living in. He says, know this, that in the last days, now I haven't said this for a while, so in case somebody hasn't heard me say it, I'm going to say it tonight. They've been saying this scripture for 2,000 years. Am I right? And for 2,000 years, people have been saying, They've been saying that for however many years it was. But how many know that every day that goes by, we are closer to the last day? I'm going to give a little lead-in to a message I'm going to preach whenever the Lord tells me to that's called the countdown. You realize when you breathe your last breath, sorry, breathe your first breath, a countdown starts to your last one? The second you're born and breathe your first breath, a countdown starts above your head to the end immediately. Kind of like that expiration date we were talking about, right? Does that make sense? And so we have to understand that when it says last days, oh, they've been saying that for a long time. They've been saying that forever. Well, we're that much closer to the last day, to it actually being a reality of Jesus Christ coming back for his church. Of hearing the trumpet sound. I want to know if anybody in here is going to hear that trumpet sound. How many want to hear the trumpet sound? Amen. When Jesus comes back. They want to, we want to hear it. And, and go up to be with Jesus. That is the blessed hope. That is what we are looking for tonight. That is what we are hoping for. So he says in the last days perilous or difficult times will come. Perilous or Difficult times will come. They say that too. Well, they've always said difficult times are going to come. Again, as we get closer, it's going to get, here's a Texas word for you, difficulter. I just said Texas because we butcher, don't we? The English language. For men, now as I read this, pay attention here, stay with me here. As we read this, I want to remind you of something. When Paul is writing to Timothy here, and we're reading Timothy here, who is Paul talking to? I'm going to give you two options and make it easy for you, A or B. Is he talking to the world, or is he talking to the church? Thank you. Right? He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. So who he's describing here is not the world, 
but the church. He says, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. And unholy. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Remember, self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Brutal. Despisers of good. Can you believe that I am, I, am, I, am, I am reading something that is defining, in Paul's words, the people who are claiming to be believers? We know the world is like this. But Paul says in the last days, the church is going to look like that. Okay? Haughty, headstrong, traitors. Traitors is a powerful word there because a lot of, and again, I have to say this again to make sure we're clear. When I say this, a lot of people, when I say the church, we know that we're doing that broad around the world. We're not pinpointing one person out or one people out. We're just saying people who claim in, in quotations to be a believer, okay? Traitors. There's a lot of people trading today the truth for a lie. A lot of people doing that. Now, as I'm teaching this, what should be our attitude? Our attitude should be that everything that this Bible is describing should not be us. That should be our attitude. And not only would I hope that that's the people around me, but my personal thing is, God, you're speaking to me personally. Like, I've got to take this personal to myself. Traitors. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's five. Here's the key verse. Romans or chapter, or chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. From such people, turn away. Now, that's how we know he's not talking to the world because we don't turn away from the world. We're supposed to go to the world and preach to the world the gospel. But he's saying there's a people who are existing. There's a, there's a people who are claiming to be Christians who are not living the life that they claim. And he says they're haughty, they're lovers of themselves, they're boasters, they're prideful, they're arrogant. They're all these things from those people turn away. In other words, don't have fellowship with them. You can't just, you, the Bible says in Amos 3.3, you can't, how can we walk together unless we agree? And if we agree or, or have fellowship with those people who are claiming to be that, we are, we are, we are saying what they do is okay. And today there, there needs to be more separation from the church and the world in how we carry ourselves. Not in the fact that we live in the same world, the same apartment complex, the same neighborhood, go to the same school, go to the same store. The lives we live have got to be different. He says, I've, I've, I've saved you to come out so that you can be light. And if we're not walking this way, we're walking in darkness. And our, and our, our light means nothing. Our saltiness means nothing. Keep reading with me. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, 
led away by various lusts, always learning, this is interesting, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Strong. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth, meaning we hear it, but we don't apply it. We hear it, but we don't put it into practice. We hear it, but we don't do it. We're hearers, but we're not doers. And, and, and we understand that this is, this is the part where our walk is work. Our walk is work. We said that Sunday, salvation is what? Free. But discipleship will cost you everything. Jesus said, come and follow me. He says, deny yourself. Think about that. What Jesus is saying, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That, that doesn't sound very good, but that's what Jesus said. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Stop doing what you want to do. Stop doing what your flesh wants to do. We talked about that on Sunday. We say, I, or maybe it was in Friday on discipleship, we say, I'm just weak. I just can't help myself. I think it was discipleship. But the, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Where I have the power to say no. And Jesus, when we say, I just can't help myself, we're saying that the cross is not strong enough. Saying the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to help me help myself. Amen. Church, I, I want all of us to be ready when that trumpet sounds. I want us to be watching. I want us to be clean. I want us to be not caught up in this world. And this world is like never before. And the reason I say like never before, here's, here's how I can differentiate the world today with the world 50 years ago. And we've talked about it before. And it is technology. It is social media. It is movies. It is TV. It is phones. It is, it's got us. Come on. Let's be real. Do, do, do you know enough of the Bible tonight to know that in, in the last days and, and during the time of tribulation what is going to deceive everyone is the image? The mark of the beast is the image? We, we, we can't. I was watching Shark Tank. Everybody ever seen Shark Tank? They came on with a really good invention. They got laughed off of there, but it was a really good invention, and it, it, it should have made it. It was called the no phone. They laughed at it. But it was an actual cell phone that had no, that didn't, it didn't work. It wasn't anything. But we're so stuck having that thing in our hand, and we're using it all the time, right? Come on, let me just get in your backyard for a second. Walk, in, walk into some place tomorrow. Walk into some place tonight and just watch. Go into, a, go into a living room and watch everybody on their phones. And so the no phone was, everybody needs to buy this product so they can have the phone in their hand, but they won't be on it. There's nothing to touch. There's nothing to turn on. It was called the no phone, and then they, they honestly had sales. But the sharks laughed them off. They thought they were joking. They really... Went, so, and I think it does exist. You maybe can Google it, but the no phone. We need a no phone. Because what I'm seeing, watch this, I'm seeing is with, 
more technology than we've ever had, we're more literate than we've ever been. I dropped off my wife's car today. And listen, I'm not saying any of this to be mean. I'm just, I'm just noticing. You know, what you, need to, you know what you need to do to grow is be a, be a watcher. Learn. Watch people. Watch people. And I, and I, I, was, pick, I was dropping off my wife's car, and, and the girl, she was super nice, the service lady, super nice, super polite, great spirit. And I was watching her write down my information. Her writing was horrible. I didn't say nothing, of course. And I listen, I'm, I know horrible because my writing's horrible. Most of the time, girls have really nice writing. And she was holding the pen really weird, like really weird, like just. And I, and, I, and, I, and actually, I was with Jimmy, and I told Jimmy, listen, the problem with this generation is, is they, don't, they don't know how to write, write or read, read or write. Because all they know how to do is use a phone. They don't even teach cursive anymore. Some people can't even sign their name with a signature. It says print, and they print their name, and then it says signature, and they print their name. They don't know how to write a signature, right? That seems crazy, but what I'm trying to say is, is, is there's, there's, there's something moving in that's, that's numbing us, and, and it's getting us to just kind of be, be paralyzed and kind of be... Um, unconscious to what what the devil is trying to sneak in it's almost like he's given us some kind of sleeping pill and it's slowly putting us to sleep and and we're not we're not paying attention it's it's like the the example i haven't given for a long time about the frog how you how you boil a frog alive put it in there in warm and warm water not hot not cold and the frog sits there and and likes it and you just slowly, slowly, slowly start turning that temperature up. And that water just slowly, slowly starts boiling and getting hotter. And before you know it, the frog is dead because it got used to the temperature. That's what I see in the church world today is we're getting used to little by little, this is okay, and that's okay, and this isn't a big deal, and that's not a sin. And this isn't wrong. And then we just slowly, before we know it, all of a sudden we're, we're, we're in it and we don't even know it. And we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. Amen. Keep reading with me. Now this is an interesting thing. I'm going to begin to close with this. This is very interesting. I want to say this word real quick. Today, there's a counterfeit gospel counterfeit gospel how many know that satan is a copier he cannot originate anything so everything that that is done watch stay with me everything that's done today a lot of times in the church world is counterfeit it's got a kind of a look and a kind of an appearance i'm teenagers i'm gonna say this again i'm not saying anything funny right now so not laughing okay it's got a look and a form, but it's not godly. It's not real. It's counterfeit. How many of you have ever had a ring that the green comes off on your finger? And you, you might have thought it was real when you bought it, and you found out, man, that's not even real. It's fake. There's a fake gospel being preached today. It's not real. It's not going to last. Stay with me. Watch these next two verses. Let's go back to seven. Always learning, and we have more conferences today. 
Now, I know we just mentioned our conference, but I promise you our conference is different than most conferences. It, it's not, it, it, our conference is about church planting. And, 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 our, and listen, we don't come with the, like these really deep messages or nothing. We just get together and, and charge each other up. But there's conferences for everything. There's more conferences today than we've ever had before. But why is the church not reaching this world? Why is there no change? It's counterfeit being preached. It's not a true gospel. It's not a gospel that changes people and disciples people and, and raises up soldiers in the army of God. It raises up people who have a form of godliness, who are ever learning and never come to the knowledge of the truth. We're ever learning. We never come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me throw this in for 10 seconds here, and I'll move on to the next part here. We need to be at the place, church, where we know what we believe. If someone comes and asks you, let me, let me just throw this out. And if you don't know these things, then this should sober you up and begin to cause you to go study. Or come ask or do something. I mean, you know that, you know that God's real and you, know, you love him, but do you know what you believe? Some people don't even know what the four fundamental truths of the gospel are. Some people don't, and that's the cart before the horse again. Some people don't even know what the, mo like what's the, what the most important thing is to be able to get into heaven. A lot of people today are learning a lot of the stuff that's, that's the fan stuff and, the, and the, the, the food and the popcorn and the number one sign, but they don't have their tickets. A lot of stuff that's going on today is talking about everything but Jesus. Everything but the blood of Jesus. Everything but, but the fall of man. Everything but salvation. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in the name of the gospel, but it's not the true gospel. Am I preaching the truth? One more time. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now watch this. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will manifest to all, as theirs also was. Now, what's going to happen is, how many have ever met, I was talking about this, like, about this yesterday with, with David and Brian. How many know people who they're always burning bridges? They're always burning bridges. They're always doing things that aren't right. They're always doing things that are corrupt. They're always doing things that are not of integrity and character. You know what? Someday they're going to be on an island. Not, not a physical island, a literal island, but they're going to be in a place where nobody believes when they cry wolf anymore. Another way to say that is they're going to have to pay the fiddler. They're going to have to own up to what they have done. And church, we have to realize that. We are responsible tonight for this gospel that has been preached to us. The more you know, the more you're responsible. The more you know, the more you need to study to show yourself approved. There has to be a fear and reverence, a godly fear and reverence that says, Lord, I want to know the truth. 
And a lot of times the truth is going to hurt me. The truth is going to take sacrifice. The truth is going to cause me to leave my comfort zone. The truth is going to cause me to cut off some relationships and sever some ties with some people and change my way of thinking and get around some people who want to see a move of God. I'm going to have to do something kind of drastic or I'm going to be pulled in to this counterfeit gospel that is eventually going to have to answer to God because we're all going to answer to God for our lives. You know what's interesting about this part of the story? When you see Janus and Jambres, it said there, who, who resisted Moses. Remember the story when Moses went in before Pharaoh and, he, and, and God said, take your rod in and throw it on the ground and it'll turn into a snake? And there was two Egyptian magicians and they did the same thing. They copied what Moses did. Guess what their names are? Janus and Jambres. Those are those two magicians that he's quoting. We don't see the name of their, of their names in the Old Testament, but Paul was a studier of the Word of God, and he mentioned these two men. And, he, and he, he's, he's giving us a picture today that that's the gospel that's being preached today. It's a counterfeit gospel. There's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of things that look right. There's a lot of things that seem like it's godly, but we're denying the power thereof. We're denying the power thereof. Are y'all with me? That, that's what he's trying to say here. These are times that we're living in. So let me run through these next few verses real quick as I close. Let's go to 10. Stay with me here. But you, now what we've done there is talked about the other people. That's not going to be us. Can you say amen? That's not going to be us. Will you say that with me? That's not going to be us. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance. Look at the difference between those things and the things we read earlier. Persecutions. Oh, we don't like that. Afflictions, we don't like that. Which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, watch this. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. No amens? I'm not looking for it. I'm not asking for it. But if I'm going to stand up for Jesus, Jesus said you'll be hated for my namesake. And, and when you begin to get hated is when you begin to call the kettle black. When you begin to say, this is sin. This is wrong. This is not godly. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. Somebody And listen, I'm not preaching this tonight with one single pretext in my mind. I have not one example of any of you in this church. I have nothing in my mind. I have no motives other than the fact that I want our church to be a church of disciples. I want our church to be a church of people who fear God, who are watching and looking for the return of Jesus and are not cold and washed up in this world and, and, and following a counterfeit gospel. Because it's, it's not an easy road. 
It's not an easy road. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have persecutions if you're doing it right. 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know what our job is tonight as a church? To make sure imposters don't come in. Can you recognize an imposter? That's what we need to be able to do. Can you recognize someone who doesn't bear fruit? Can you recognize someone who has a long tongue, who can talk a lot, but there's no fruit? Don't follow somebody who talks a lot, but doesn't have any fruit. Follow someone who does what they say. Paul said, imitate me or copy me as I follow Christ. And we need that kind of example in our life. And I need someone to tell me when I'm in the wrong place or I'm doing the wrong thing. I need someone to tell me I don't want, I don't want to be in the wrong place. I don't want to be doing the wrong thing. And you need someone to tell you we need each other. We need to keep these imposters out. But he says you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of them, knowing from whom you've learned them. Two more verses. Watch, stay with me, 15 and 16. From that, and that from childhood. That doesn't mean necessarily your childhood. It means your childhood in the faith. And that from, because some of you be like, that, that wasn't me. I wasn't saved as a child. No, your childhood in the faith. What we talk about Sunday, get off the milk. Your, your milk's got an expiration date. You got to start getting some meat. You got to start learning. He says, from your childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We've got that word in our hands, but how much are you reading it? How much are you reading that word? How much are you studying that word? How much are you looking at that word? All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Father, we thank you for this Wednesday night, for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for working in our hearts. Father, we know the times we're in, the days we're in. We, we know that more than ever before, we've got to get serious about the things of God and we've got to make sure that we're in the faith. We examine ourselves, your word says. We need to examine ourselves. We're supposed to be watching. We're supposed to be praying. We're supposed to be looking as that day approaches even more. How exciting it is to have us here tonight on a Wednesday night searching the scriptures, reading the Bible, learning, hearing the truth, just reading the word of God and listening to it and allowing it to work in our lives. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, that last verse says this. Just listen to what it says. After everything else I've said, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. It means you got everything. You got your battle armor on. You've got the breastplate of righteousness. You've got the helmet of salvation. You've got the belt of truth. You've got the shield of faith. Your feet are shod and covered with the gospel of peace. You're studying the word to show yourself approved. You're allowing God's word to, to manifest itself in your life and, 
and you're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you're lining up, listen, you're lining up your decisions with what God's Word says. Not what the world says. Not even what the church world says. If I ever start preaching in this place, anything that's not Bible, you get up out of here and leave. Don't stay sitting and teaching that's not biblical. If it's not coming straight from God's Word, if it's being twisted, if it's being manipulated, don't listen to it. Don't allow yourself to be fooled by a counterfeit gospel. There's a truth, but you've got to study the Word. You've got to be like the Bereans in Acts 17. They took the Word and they went home and they studied it. And they said, let me go and make sure what he's saying is true. You need to do that. You need to do that today. We... We're, we're, we're not doing that as a church. And I mean church worldwide. We've got to study the Word of God. Father, tonight in this place, my prayer is, is, a, is a desire and a heart for righteousness, holiness, godliness, your Word, truth. Lord, that we would be willing to pay the price in prayer and in the reading of your Word, that we would be willing to sacrifice some things so that we can hear your voice. God, when you show us that we're doing something that's, that's not pleasing to you or, or we're believing a lie, that your word will make it evident and clear in our lives because your word, the Bible says, is like a, a mirror. When we look at it, it shows us who we are. And it's, it's like a sword that, that cuts the, the, between the bone and the marrow, soul and the spirit. It, it divides and it shows us where we are and where we need to be. Father, you know the desire that I have for our church tonight. I want our church to be strong. I want our church to be edified. I want our church to be uh, a church that understands how to use the Word of God. Say, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this, thus says the Lord. Lord, help us to be that church tonight. Whether we're 10 years old or 75 years old, God, help us to be that church. Help us to be that people who love your word that God be truth and every man be a liar as we stand to our feet tonight we'll spend a few minutes in the presence of the Lord how many in this place just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed please in this, how many in this place will say Jesus I need to make you Lord of my life tonight I'm not saved I, I want to give you my heart my mind my spirit my life I want to surrender to you I'll be born again. Say, that's me, Pastor. Just lift your hand up and put it back down. Pray for me. All over this place. Amen. God sees your hands. How many more? I'm not saved. Amen. It, it's, amen. I see your hand. Listen, you cannot be saved by just being in church. And I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of people, as sad as it is, that are standing and sitting in churches today, and they don't know Jesus just been emotionally touched they've just been touched by the emotions of a song they don't know the gospel a ticket into heaven is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins that's your ticket that's your ticket your ticket is Jesus he said I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life no one goes unto the Father except through me he's the door Nicodemus said, Jesus, how can a man be saved? Jesus said, a man must be born again. 
You were born once physically by your mother. Now you must be spiritually born again. You must be born again. And when you're born again, Jesus comes in and he takes over. And he says, now I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. I'm going to show you how to live. And you don't listen to the world. You listen to me because I am the giver of life. I'm the bread of life. He says, I'm the bread of life. Tonight, before we move into the next moment where we, we spend some time in the presence of the Lord and we, we rise up in the spirit of God and we say, God, help me be that man, that woman that you called me to be, to be that person who defends your word and lives your word and speaks your word and preaches your word. Before we do that, the most important thing is that nobody walks out of this place without their name in the Lamb's book of life. And that can be done tonight simply. Remember, salvation is free simply by saying, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came in the flesh, you died on the cross for my sins, you rose from the dead, and you ascended into heaven, and you are coming again. If you raised your hand and you meant that, or you did, maybe you didn't raise your hand in this place, but something's telling you, today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day you need to make a public confession of your faith. Would you just step out of your seat to the nearest aisle? Would you come down here and stand in front of me? I want to pray for you tonight. I want to ask you to make a bold statement and say, I need Jesus tonight. Come on, just step out. Several hands went up. Just step out and come down. We're going to wait just a moment. Several hands went up. I'm going to wait. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. I'm going to wait just a few seconds. Just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. It's important that we make a public confession. Can't Jesus seat me at my seat? Yes, definitely. He sees beyond your seat. He sees into your heart. But there's something about saying, Jesus, I'm not afraid or ashamed of what these people think about me. I don't care what the world thinks about me. I just care what you think about me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess you before man tonight. I'm going to say, I need Jesus. I want Jesus. I, I believe he's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. I'm going to wait about five more seconds. Holy Spirit, work on your people, Lord, tonight. Touch their hearts tonight, Jesus. Five, four, three. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something's telling you today's the day. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. Two, one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you say this prayer with me tonight? Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I know you shed your blood on the cross to wash me clean. You said if I would confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that. I accept that. And I ask you to come into my heart, into my life, and change me and transform me and make me a new creation. Write my name, Father, in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. Amen. As they begin to sing tonight, let's find a place tonight for a few minutes to, to do.
do some business with God. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight. Examine yourself. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.